Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs creating the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm Emily Aborn, and along with my co-host, Crystal Farley, we are here to give you the roadmap to success and the tools you need to build whatever this means for you. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. I really love this music. Oh, thank I you. I dance every single time I hear it. It's an audience choice. We had like um, 35 votes, I think, and this one won. Was it like hands down? Oh, yeah. Hands down. Too easy. Instagram, Facebook, all the all the places, it was hands down. Thank goodness for a community. Plus, my mom's vote is the only one that really matters, and she picked that one. So That was brownie points for sure. Yeah. Mom, are you listening? Hi. Remember who your favorite daughter is? <laughs> How's your week been so far, Crystal? You know what? It's It's been good. It's been good. I'm always half glass full. I'm sure that there are amazing, amazing lessons I'm supposed to be learning from the challenging experiences I've had this week. So it's been great. How about you? Really good. Um, I saw you yesterday, so that helped make my week really good. Well, you Cr- know. Crystal and I are working on a team to put on Women's Entrepreneurship Day here in New Hampshire. And something we were talking about yesterday is how... In New Hampshire at this time, it seems like women in business is just exploding. I don't even feel like it was like this like five, six years ago. Do you? No, definitely not. And so I've only lived up here for about 10 or 11 years. So I'm not originally from here. And when I first moved up here, I didn't think New Hampshire had anything going on in general. And so the last few years has really been super eye-opening for me from a perspective of how many jobs and companies are actually here in New Hampshire, let alone the amount of supportive women's groups and connections and all of that stuff that's here. It's absolutely incredible to see all of these businesses flourish. I agree. We moved um, back from Raleigh, North Carolina, I think seven years ago, six years ago now. And I'm from this area. And when I came back, I was like, oh my goodness, this is what community is. It's, it's really amazing and has, I think, changed my life. Like now it gives you a lot more than just going to your job every day and not having any friends. So. Well, and what's really cool about, about it too, is that, um, you know, I think we're sort of just at the beginning And we're like just entering into this amazing time. And, you know, we are, we're working on this event. It's the second event and, you know, it's just going to get stronger and bigger from here. Would you say we're creating the new norm? I think we are. I think we are too. So speaking of Women's Entrepreneurship Day and women entrepreneurs, today we have Jessica Principe, who is the founder and CEO of All Girls Shave Club. This is going to be a fun podcast. All Girl Shave Club is a shaving subscription service for women. And the reason Jessica has to do with Women's Entrepreneurship Day is she's going to be on our panel where we're going to interview a we're going to interview mature starting and mid-level businesses and Jessica is going to be in our mid-level She is a self-taught product and e-commerce entrepreneur who embodies the quote, she believed she could, so she did. She's armed with a passion for business, a creative idea, and Google. She self-funded and launched All Girl Shave Club in 2016. She loves helping others start and grow their subscription box or e-commerce businesses through resources and training, which we're definitely going to get into in today's interview. She lives in Merrimack, New Hampshire with her husband, TJ, and their two boys. And in her spare time, you can find her at the beach, hiking with her family, or reading a good book. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Thanks for being with us. (laughs) 
So tell us a little bit about how you got started, where this amazing idea came from, and then what All Girls Shave Club is. Yeah, so All Girl Shave Club, I started in late 2016, like you said, and basically it's a subscription service for women for all things shaving and grooming, um, but we also have added an online boutique too where we sell products just one-off um, for women who are looking to make a little, add a little luxury to their grooming routine. Um, and I started the, the company just kind of as a side hustle kind of thing. Like I wanted something that was going to be fun and where I could tap into my creative side and just kind of maybe possibly take it to um, replace my full-time, my full-time job. And it quickly grew and became my full-time within a year. And it's just been a lot of fun growing the company. What were you doing at the time? I was working for my mom's company. She trains nursing assistants. She has a vocational school. And so I worked with her right out of college up until I left to take my business full time. So about 14 years, I was the assistant director there. So what kind of, when you were first starting, what was the, how did you get the finances that you needed to get started? Like, where did that come from? How did that happen for you? That's a great question. I knew I wanted to start a business for a while. So right after I had my second child, I really wanted to start something, but I wasn't sure what it was going to be. So I did start saving a little bit then. You know, just whenever we had a little extra, we would put it in the savings account. And so we did have some money saved up to prepare for that launch. Um, And then when the idea came to me, then obviously we knew we needed to tap into it at that point. But I will say that a common misconception for subscription box um, owners is that you have to have, or any product-based business really, that you have to have a large investment. And subscription Subscription box businesses really do have a low barrier to entry. So it's a lot more affordable than you may think. How did you come up with the idea? Yeah. <laughs> no I'm like, why? I know. Well, it really started in the shower, like where all of my best ideas come from. I told you all best ideas <laughs> come in the shower. water yeah. on the head. Yeah. Isn't that true? And mm-hmm. also, like, if you're a mom, it's the only place away from the kids that are always, like, you know, pulling at you. So no matter who you are, it's the only place away. Like, I can't bring my cell phone in the shower. It's so true. It's my well, saving that's grace. true. Yeah. So, yeah, it really just came, came there. I was getting ready to shave, something that I really just did not enjoy doing. Um, And I was reaching for my husband's razor because he always had fresh new blades because he belonged to a subscription service. And I thought, okay, what could I do to make this better for myself? And, you know, I could definitely join the, the men's shave club and that would solve the problem of having like new blades, but it really didn't solve the not liking it part, which was the part that was my pain point. And so I thought like, oh, maybe if I, you know, took some time to find some cool products and unique shaving products that I would enjoy it more and maybe pamper myself a little bit. And then it just kind of hit me. Like, I can't be the only person in America with this problem. You know, other women probably feel the same way. You know, maybe this is something I could build a business around. And that's what I did. I have photo after photo of like, brutally (laughs) cutting my (laughs) legs and just like bleeding all over the floor. (laughs) You took photos. Yes. I send them to my husband. I love it. I need a new razor. (laughs) Hint, hint. (laughs) It's a brilliant idea. Um, So what did you think that going into business was going to be like versus what it is actually like? Because I think a lot of times when we we have these images in our head, right, of what it's like to be an entrepreneur and what it's like to run a business. So was there a difference there for you? I think definitely, yes. So I had grown up with entrepreneurship in my family. So I was aware of kind of the ins and outs of that. And I did help my mom grow her company. So I had some experience there. But what I wasn't prepared for after I started taking my business full time was the 
like loneliness and maybe isolation that I was feeling working from home by myself all day long. Like I do have team members, but they're all over the the country, you know, so we don't see each other on the regular. And so that kind of felt surprising to me. I had wanted this. I'd been craving this to work from home, but I was kind of lonely and it maybe wasn't exactly what I, what I had envisioned. So I did a lot of working at like coffee shops in the library and things like that. So when the new co-working space opened, it was a great option for me. That's really great. So you decide you were in the shower, you decided that you wanted to start this business mm-hmm. and what did you like? Yeah. What, like, How what do you do your next like, step? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I'm going to like start this thing. What, yeah. do, what do you do? Where so do I just dove into research and that's my favorite part is just researching everything. I researched the subscription box model. I loved subscription boxes. I received a lot as a consumer. And so I kind of knew about the appeal and like how to create a cool experience. But I just did a ton of research. So what would it take to start a business like this? Could I find uh, suppliers for products like this? Uh, What would it cost? All of those things. And I also have a really rational husband who helped pull me down off of the clouds a little bit to kind of teach me or not teach me, but talk to me more about like the realistic logistics of it. So that really, we worked well in that part of it, but really it was just a whole bunch of research, just trying to figure out how to take the next step. And I learned that pre-launch was my first step, was running a a strong pre-launch to kind of gauge interest and to test product market fit before I invested a lot of money and time into the product. How many subscribers did you start with? When we launched the the company in um, 2016, I was aiming for 100, right? Off of the bat, that was my goal was 100. And we did hit 100 within the first couple of weeks. Awesome. And how many subscribers do you have now? Thousands. That is awesome. <laughs> Thousands. All throughout the U.S., every every state within the U.S. and across Canada. So do you ship directly from your house or do you have to ship from other places? We do. So that was a, that was a decision that I made to keep that in-house. And a lot of people will outsource shipping and fulfillment. But for me, it was really important that I kept quality control over that. And I really like to be able to add little fun surprises or notes. Like if I see somebody that's getting their package overseas, serving our country, I love to be able to add little notes and fun things in there for her. So that was important to me. We do keep it all in-house. We transformed our basement into a warehouse that's fully functional and we have staff come in and help and work in, in there and it's just really great. That's amazing. That's happening in Merrimack, New Hampshire. There's a <laughs> there's a facility like this. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're interested in starting to help other people create subscription boxes too, right? That's something you're working on. Yeah, I love helping others, and I get a lot of inquiries, just you know, personal DMs and things like that on Facebook and and Instagram, and you know, I love to be able to help others that are going through the same struggles that I was. I would have loved to have had a mentor that knew the business before I started. And so I like to be able to offer that kind of support as I can. And so I'm starting to offer different trainings and resources and things like that for people that are coming up behind me. So, you know, you're actually, I feel like I've been hearing more and more about subscription box offerings and that's, and I love it because it's like a surprise and, you know, all of that good stuff. Um, But I think, you know, one of the things that, um, what I guess in the communities that I run in, the female entrepreneurs are co- often comparing themselves to other others, and they're they often think like there's not enough room for me. Somebody's already doing that. Um, do you have any advice for people that might be thinking something like that? I think that is such a great question, and something that was a huge barrier for me when I was getting ready to start my business 
it was something that I just hit on, I hit a wall on, and I couldn't move past it. I was thinking, who am I to do this? There are already so many other companies that are doing this, big players, you know, the Dollar Shave Club, they have billion billion dollar business, like all of this stuff. How am I going to compete? And I went to an event in Nashville, Tennessee, that taught me all about this limiting belief of, um, you know, we this world is not a place of scarcity and limits. You know, we, there is room for you too. And even if there are five or 10 people that have the same idea for a business or the same concept for a business, we are all given different talents and different abilities and different skills, and we're all going to execute it differently. So I would say, do not let that hold you back and do it anyways. And we all reach it totally, you know, you're going to reach a different person yeah. than the other, the next person. So it's all about selling your story and your message. That's right. Exactly. So how, you said you have a warehouse in your basement, essentially. So how do you separate from business and family time? That's also a really good question. Oh my goodness. So many good questions. It was hard in the beginning, especially because everything was convoluted. You know, there wasn't, we didn't have the basement set up for to be a warehouse. So I had a guest bedroom and we were just kind of like all over the place. So it was really hard. But what I learned early on was that we really needed to set boundaries. And we had a specific time schedule that we worked and a time schedule that we were just off with our family, with our kids. And there was no checking email. There was no quick, let me pack this pack, package really quick or none of that going on. And it kind of actually gave me more freedom to not feel so guilty because when I was working, I knew that I was working. And when I was with my kids, I knew that I was with my kids and I didn't have to feel guilty about either one. We have a hard time doing that. Yes. Was there anything that that really was the, like, this is the moment I realized that I need to set boundaries? You know, I think it was just a culmination of everything, especially in the beginning. It was that season of just craziness. You know, there was just, I was still learning. I was still trying to figure out how to run the business, how to make it work super efficiently. And I wanted to make sure that I was prioritizing all of the things that were the most important, but I was also only one person. So there was only so much I could do. So I think it was just a combination of feeling that overwhelm and feeling that pressure and then sitting down with my husband and saying, we can't keep living like this. This is a little bit too intense. And how can we make it better? So you bring up a really good point. And, you know, I think when it comes to spouse support for the female entrepreneur, sometimes there, I think more often than we talk about, there's a little bit of a struggle there. Um, So and it sounds like you and your husband have a really great relationship with open communication, which I can completely appreciate. Would you mind sharing a little bit about how he supported you wanting to do this journey and then how you and him sort of work through that growing period? Because I think people get nervous, right? Like I'm going to leave one thing, start a new thing. There's an ego check and there's a lot of things that happen there. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, I have to say I'm so grateful for my husband. It's our 10 year anniversary today too. So oh, we are happy just anniversary. Like, oh Congratulations. <laughs> and you came to a podcast came. recording. Oh, he's working too. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So he has just been my biggest, biggest support and biggest cheerleader. And honestly, believes in me even when I don't believe in myself. And so I think that that is super, super important. Even if, you know, your husband doesn't take on that same kind of mentality of um, wanting to support you, I think it's really important to find somebody who does and who can be your cheerleader and kind of rally around you because it can be full of peaks and valleys. So having having somebody in your corner, whoever that is, is going to be so essential to growing and scaling a company. Um, but he has just kind of been involved from the beginning. He's always been kind of, like I said, the reality check for me. So I can dream really big, but he can kind of keep it 
kind of down to the the realistic expectations. <laughs> He's the yin to your yang. That's right. They do help us a lot with that. They yeah. do. <laughs> I think we're all in the same boat there. So what would you say the next level is or the next rung on your ladder? I think for All Girl Shave Club in particular, it's really about getting um, visibility and focusing on marketing. I spent a lot of time in the beginning of the business building up our systems and our processes and making sure that the experience from beginning uh, first website visit to receiving the package to trying the products, like making sure that that was really, really honed in and nailed down. And now that I feel really confident in those things, it's really just about marketing and vi- getting visibility for our new products and kind of growing the the reach that we have. At what um, point did you start? You said you have a team. So mm-hmm. what? who was your first employee, I guess? And what did that look like? The very first person I hired was for customer service. And I actually waited almost a full year before I hired anybody because I really wanted to learn everything that I could. And that's very valuable to be interacting with your customers on a daily basis. Um, So I did wait some time, but I did hire customer service first. And she does all of my inbound and outbound customer service. And she's phenomenal. I love her so much. She's an asset to my team. That's a big step. Huge. Letting somebody into your business and then trusting them with customer service. So what was the like, okay, I need to hire somebody like this. And this is where I want to put that, that, time and that energy and that those dollars into. Yeah, I was working with a business coach at the time and we were just kind of going through what is your day like? What are you doing? What are those tasks that are repetitive that you could possibly outsource um, without feeling too uncomfortable, like you said? And and customer service was one of those things. It was essential to running the operation, but it was also taking a lot of my time too. Just people having questions and, you know, what about this? And can you resend my tracking? And, you know, just those little things. And so... I was very fortunate that I had somebody that had worked for me um, in person in my old job that had moved away um, with her husband, and she was looking for something remote that she could do while she was home with her baby. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is the perfect marriage because she was just, I knew her, I trusted her, and she's just awesome. (laughs) Who else is on your team? You really, I mean, you really had to hire people to scale your business, and that's a really good lesson for a lot of us. It is, it is. It's also about, you know, being comfortable, like you said, letting letting go of some of those things. But I also spent the first year identifying where my gaps were, where my weaknesses were. I'm not super strong with like analytics and reading data and like that kind of thing. I'm a creative. I like to create and do the pretty things. And so the second person that I hired was um, someone who is just a data guru. She handles all of my inventory management, sales forecasting, all of that kind of thing so that I don't have to worry about it. She just tells me what I need to order and when. <laughs> that takes a special kind of person. Yes, it does. <laughs> it definitely does. And I think you're, you know, you're saying a lot of, of things and I'm going to refer back to like the e-myth and franchising and all of that stuff, but you built the systems and processes first and then you sort of have grown from there. And I think that just created a really nice foundation for you to identify those problem areas, right? And then figure out where your strengths are. So kudos to you. So, I mean, I know we have a listener question, but I think this is a really great segue to learn a little bit more about how you can help other people do that, right? Yeah, definitely. So I have a blog. It's jessicaprincipe.com, just like my name. And I have a lot of different resources there where I can share things that I'm learning, mistakes that I've made, and and ways to start and grow and even um, scale your business. And I'm working on putting together a course specific for those that are looking to um, start uh, their subscription box business as well. 
this podcast is going to become a problem for me because now <laughs> I want to do all of these things. I'm like, what kind of subscription, <laughs> what subscription box, can I box have? should I start? <laughs> There's room for everyone. There's room for you too. <laughs> yeah. So what is a piece of advice that you would give for um, someone wanting to start a subscription box, someone coming behind you? The very biggest, best piece of advice I can offer is to run a strong pre-launch. And a pre-launch is basically, it's essential not just for a subscription box business, but any product-based business to mitigate your risk and to test product market fit. And basically what you do is you just put together a landing page to collect interest um, before you launch. And we, we have different formulas we can use to factor in how many people we can expect to buy off of that lead list and that kind of thing. So you're not investing a ton of money into launching a product and then nobody wanting to buy it. Right, so. right. Pre-launch is it. Um, well, why don't you tell everyone how we can find you online? I know that we're going to have a lot of listeners who want to sign up for your subscri subscription box and also who want to start them on their own. Awesome. Well, All Girl Shave Club is just like its name, allgirlshaveclub.com. And you can reach me at jessicaprincipe.com as well. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> for more information on the She Built This podcast, you can check us out online at www.shebuiltthis.org. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.